0: Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show Podcast. We're keeping it simple today. My chat with Derek Taylor. At the start of this week of Blue Bomber Training Camp, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are waiting on Friday. We'll talk about a lot of stuff on the podcast. As we head to Blue Bomber Training Camp for a nightly check-in with Derek Taylor, brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Derek Taylor, I start with this: Are we not to be worried about the fact that Adam Big Hill and Brady Olivera haven't really been out there at all in a while?
1: That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I I wish I really had an answer, right? But the Bombers are incredibly secretive when it comes to injury. so there's only kind of what we see at camp and and what we kind of hear uh, at, at camp today. Uh, Big Hill was there; he had his. Uh, in his tank top on, and but so not dressed like the rest of the guys. But he was moving around. He was, you know, pretending to be the quarterback in a linebacker. Which way does a blocker go? Drill. Uh something last week. You know, trying some long snapping stuff like that. So he's. I I can I can tell you he's not in hospice care currently. Like that's that's kind. Of, but that's kind of all we know, right? Um if, if will he be ready for next Friday, the season opener? Zero idea. Uh, Brady Oliveira is moving around more, but hasn't practiced since literally the first day of camp, which is now two weeks ago plus. Um, yeah, uh, you know, you know me with with running backs. I think Johnny Augustine or one of the American guys could handle running back, at least the running part of it, just fine. But to add a big hill is kind of one of the levers on which this this defense operates. So that could be, if that is anything. And again, we're just not sure, other than he has practiced zero times. Uh, I can't believe him practicing zero times is in any way intentional without it really being addressed. Let's say that
0: because we know, and Mike O'Shea said it before, there are people that he does not worry about if they practice or not. Mike Miller hasn't practiced in years basically. And I think he was on the injury report for every practice last year. And I don't think he missed a game. Did he?
1: Yeah, I I don't think he, I don't think he did um i'd have to go back and check but uh pat newfeld rarely practiced last year there were times where you don't see jake thomas for a while yeah there, there are guys which i would say i would say you know a hall of famer pending like big hill fits into but i'm not sure brady Oliveira fits into yeah, that so, that's true right because he's had one, he's had he's been in the league for three years but he's had one full year as a starter one of them was a broken leg year and one of them was behind andrew harris right so I have to believe you'd want Brady Oliveira to be practicing if he were able to practice, which leads me to the inference that he's not able to practice uh, currently. And I don't, I don't see a particular benefit with a guy that young to to holding him out right. instead of, you know, getting him some reps, right?
0: Right. And so we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, what did you learn with your eyes today at Blue Bomber training camp?
1: Uh, well, gosh, that's a good one. Um, well, I was, I was caught by seeing uh, Nick Dembski and Brendan O'Leary Orange on the side and it it, every kind of everything kind of points to uh, Jeremy Murphy their third round pick from Concordia add the game into what you kind of see today you go this kid's going to make the team I, I think between you know between how he played and just he wasn't they needed a fill in for Nick Dembski so they went to a guy further down the depth chart they put Beaulieu into his spot and they kept Murphy with the second team back out at that wide receiver spot instead of uh, Dembski's inside spot. And I thought, yeah, they're, they're not uh, fooling around with them. They, they know what he wanted to be. And the way O'Shea kind of talked about him today, I go, "Hmm, I think Jeremy Murphy's making this, this team, uh, which would be, I mean, if he's going to convert second and 27s, if he can guarantee that all season long, he's going to have a job for a long time. I'll tell you that. Um, I, I was excited to see defensive tackles today and get to talk to Ricky Walker and Caleb Thomas two guys who, I mean, if Thomas makes the team and at the moment he looks like the the lead dog for the second American defensive tackle spot, uh, there's going to be a lot of focus on them. Uh, Hamilton's going to come out with James Butler in week one and and see, you know, was that room that there was in the run game in the preseason against Edmonton, is that for real? Because we want to perhaps add a little more run to our Boldy by Mitchell packages. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm excited to see those guys get after it. Walker was feeling super confident with how everything has been in camp, taking over. You know, kind of his succession plan from Stephen Richardson to Casey Sales to now him at that interior defensive line spot. Uh, so yeah, there's. Today was kind of a, a little bit more relaxed day, let's say, I think than previous camp days. At least that's what it felt like from upstairs.
0: So we have heard the Ricky Walker interview. We're going to hear from Caleb Thomas after the 8 o'clock news. But let's just stick with Murphy for a moment. I liked his candor. We heard from him too. Uh, yeah. And his Joe we are talking to the reporters. I thought he was very open and honest. And I liked how he admitted that that was the, not the play, but it ended up converting it. Uh, and then Mike O'Shea said he, he likes how smart Murphy is. So you think he's going to make the team, and in what capacity do you think he'd play?
1: I think, I think practice roster, if he's right. uh, if he wants to stick around, would be the first spot. Uh, it would depend on, like, if Brandon O'Leary-Orange or one of the Canadians, Walatarski, O'Leary-Orange, or Dembski got nipped, you could get a guy like Murphy on as your third Canadian receiver in that respect and say, hey, you're going to play some specials too, but Just in case, be ready. I feel like O'Leary Orange would be the primary backup to both Walatarski and Dembski because that's what we saw last season. But uh, yeah, Murphy right off the bat being like, Yeah, I ran the wrong route was literally like the first words out of his mouth. Yeah. Which, yeah, it was very entertaining. But you saw those plays and you saw the one that Piggy missed uh, a little drag route across the middle with when uh, Ebbetton brought the house. You went, Oh, okay. Well, Murphy could have made a big play out of that. what would we be saying if he took that one for, you know, for 35 yards or something like that as well? We'd be really in favor of this guy, but he's a, he's a, he's a fast he's fast. He's, he's decent size. He's he talks about being aggressive with the football. So yeah, I, I think there's, there's probably Canadian depth spot available to him if, if things break right, but yeah, you'd start on practice roster in my mind.
0: Okay. Good to know. Uh, the Bombers made, transactions today and and you can read into some of them or or maybe not here's the the updated list added to the roster an American defensive end an American defensive back and Tra- Tavares Harrison who's been with the team American receiver they released American receiver Trey Turner not to be confused with the Phillies shortstop uh Tui Ellie is on the injured list and Connor Burton on the six game injured list your take on all the transactions from today
1: so when I saw defensive end Celestin Haba, I thought, okay, that makes sense. Because that, that jives with what Doug Brown was talking about during the broadcast and, and what we saw during that game. was there, And honestly, what we've been thinking throughout camp is they need rotational players at defensive end, someone who can get after the quarterback. Because you've got Willie Jefferson. You've got 12, maybe hopefully more games from uh, uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, pardon me, but what's going to happen after that? You're going to need bodies, American bodies, to get after the quarterback after that. So let's see what uh, a young guy like Celestine Haba has. Tobaris Harrison coming back. They released him eight days ago. He got nicked in camp, and they released him at the deadline to get down to 75 players. So part of me is surprised to see him back this quickly. But uh, I guess whatever healing he had to do, he, he's come through. I didn't notice Trey Turner released. I didn't notice too much of him in camp, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, two hasn't practiced in a while. So him going on the one game injured list at least tells us they expect him back quicker than six games because guys like Teodric Hansen, Connor Burtonshaw, uh, and, uh, Kyrie Wilson. Thank you. Gosh, I'm dropping names all over the place today. <laughs> Kyrie <okay>. Wilson. <laughs> There's so many. That's why we're a good team. Uh, Kyrie Wilson, they're, they're on the six game injured list, right? That's, Hey, that, that's declaring. Yeah. You're going getting about six games or longer. So from two Alley's being on the one game injured list when they could have put him on six game, that at least gives me some, some hope that he'll be back to be that backup center slash seventh offensive lineman slash does he potentially push Chris Kolonkowski this year? Who knows? But, uh, at least that's good, that's good news on that front that he's not too nicked.
0: Zach Claris not going to play on Friday. Not a surprise.
1: No, not at all. Uh, O'Shea kind of said the same thing after the, after the game that, you know, this was our chance to play our veterans. And you just absolutely wrap them up in cotton and stuff them away somewhere. Like, because we were talking about this in the pregame show. If Kalaris gets hurt, the league is wide open at that point, right? Like we could debate who's the number two quarterback in the CFL. And you could probably come up with three or four guys, but it's Zach Kalaris one massive gap. And then two through four are all kind of in the same stew, right? He's, he's the difference maker. So, he, he loves playing in the preseason. Bless him for that. But it's about the uh, the next twenty games after the preseason that matter. So I like it. Plus, I mean, we need to see more from Tyrell Pigram and Josh Jones. I think I think Bomber fans have already kind of settled to, into a season with, oh man, this Pigram is going to be great as our third quarterback. But could they keep a fourth quarterback? Could they keep Josh Jones around? I guess they'll they'll want to take a look at that because. I mean, uh, Drew Brown has been now in the league for three years, which means he'll be a free agent after this year. Will they need a future backup quarterback or will Drew Brown stick around? Does he have goals? Would he have suitors if he were a free agent in this uh, in this upcoming offseason? So I, I feel like we we'll, I want to see more from Josh Jones. It just kind of makes sense that this would be your last chance to see him in a game situation. So why not?
0: Back to the defensive line. Mike O'Shea was asked about it today and the amount of, of rush yards gained by Edmonton Saturday. He didn't seem to have any concern at all about it. Do you have any concern?
1: Um, what's my general take on the run game in the Canadian Football League? It's not, I'm not super... I'm not worried about it because I look at that and go, well, Edmonton ran for 160. The running backs cooked off seven and a half yards a carry and they lost the game. So I go, ah, okay, I'm not... I'm not a hundred percent concerned about that. I get people uh people believe the established the run thing and physical dominance and stuff i I just don't think football has gone that way in the last i've been looking at the last eight years it just it, the passing game is where it all matters so can you get can you get to the quarterback in passing downs because second and five and second and seven though they talk about them differently, they're not really that different in how offenses approach them right so if you can stop a guy for five yards of carry, you're, you're honestly, you're still pretty good. I'm not particularly, I'm more worried about can the interior players, the Ricky Walker, Jake Thomas are the guys we presume would be the starters at tackle. Can they get pressure on the quarterback? Because uh, interior pressure on the quarterback is incredibly valuable. You see guys like Calgary's been dining out on Mike Rose for years. That guy is an absolute monster in the middle uh and it just it changes everything else and allow it facilitates the guys outside having an even better chance to get to the quarterback as well so i am not because for all the running back reasons i can sit and list for forever so but uh yeah i'm i they do need more of an interior presence let's say in my mind
0: you asked mike o'Shea today about jamison sheehan learning the Canadian punting rules in the end zone. Ex- uh, e- extrapolate on that, please.
1: So we were, we we're just watching it. was toward the end of practice and they were doing the, uh, kick the field goal wide drill. And then, uh, there were guys in the end zone to punt it out. So they're preparing for a last second scenario where your team is up two points. They, had to, or your team is up one point or the game's tied and you have to punt the ball back out. And there's Sheehan running around, catching the ball and boots it back out. And there was, Leggio, booting the ball back out. Jamal Parker, it was super funny. Jamal Parker was one guy back, and he caught one of the attempts, and he punted it back out, and it was, a, it was a wobbler to about the 15, and the whole team started booing. They were just savaging Jamal Parker for his lack of punting skills out of the end zone. But it just struck me that she and, I mean, NCAA football, you don't have these stand on the end zone and have that, that punt fest back and forth trying to get that single point in a tie game, right? So I was just curious what uh, what his reaction would have been had I known this drill was going to happen. I would have asked to talk to Shia directly and go, "What what do you think of this rule? Because it's it's one of the ones that makes the CFL kind of look incredibly exciting when it happens. Oh, here's Sinopoly in the back of the end zone, having to boot it out, and they boot it back in, and they boot it out again. Uh, so, yeah, I, I want to talk to Shia tomorrow, perhaps, and to say, "What did you think when you first learned that this was how it's going to be? Because uh, this, I mean." It's not something that happens often, but when it happens, when you have to kick the ball at your own end zone, it's a big deal because that's a critical juncture of the game that you're practicing for. So it was just fun to see that and think about I wonder what's going through that guy's mind.
0: And of all the unique parts of the Canadian Football League and every rule that can be different from the NFL is just slightly different in every way, that's one of the more ultimately Canadian, of all Canadian things of the CFL, is a punt fest to save a rouge at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and then uh, there are other things that you know they'll they'll have to work on at some point with onside kicks. And oh, by the way, if you're behind the punter, then uh, you're onside and you can recover the football. Or I remember there was uh, this was years ago, was it 16 or 17? They had Medlock try an onside field goal attempt, and they ran guys behind him, and Medlock popped it up in the air. Oh, are they gonna try a long field goal? Nope, psych. It was in BC Place, if I remember correctly. And you go okay. we'll be ready for that one as well. There's just so many things that, especially within special teams, it can get super wacky. So yeah, it's it'd be exciting to see if Sheehan is the guy who punts for the team, or or Carl Schmitz to see how they would uh, they would handle that should it come down to it.
0: I don't think we've had Sheehan on the show yet, have we?
1: No, not yet. I haven't talked to talked to him yet. Uh, no, but after after what seemed like a pretty good performance in the uh, the first game, and we'll get to see him, I presume, again on Friday. Yeah, we've talked to him about uh, his CFL experience.
0: All right. Well, we'll stay tuned for that uh, potentially tomorrow. Derek, we'll talk to you again tomorrow night.
1: Thanks, brother.